Hello and welcome to this episode of the Christina Talks podcast. I am today welcoming a guest who is, it's like this individual on their own, they're kind of like leading their whole war on talent, just just themselves. You know, they produce so much content around talent branding, employer branding, that kind of stuff. And I've just, the amount of content they're putting out there into the world of recruitment, which, as you know, is somewhere I spend a lot of time. Um, I'm just really excited to have this person on the podcast and share with you some of the things that I've heard them speak on time and time again. Um, The energy this individual brings is just immense. So let me stop rambling and hit the button, admit the fantastic James Ellis into the room. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, James. So good to see you. Good to see you. So glad we could finally put this together. I know. I know. I'm really excited. And I was looking at everything, looking at all the stuff that you do, thinking, where do we start? But obviously not everyone that listens to the Christina Talks podcast is actually going to be wise enough to know who the hell you are. So give us the intro. All right. All right. Okay. For those of you who've been living on a rock, and I, at this point, you have to understand how incredibly sarcastic I'm trying to be. Um, I'm an employer brand guy. In fact, I'm an employer brand nerd. Uh, the joke I like to tell is that that's not a moniker I put on myself. That's something Google has decided. If you Google the term employer brand nerd without any quotes, I own like four to six of the first page responses. If you put it in quotes, I own the first five pages. If you ask Google who is the employer brand nerd, my picture shows up. So at that, you know, that's really kind of the level I try to aspire to. I kind of, I kind of sort of enjoy that. It's kind of weird. Think about his employer brand. All of it. I think take, I take 20 plus years of straight agnostic marketing experience in pharmaceutical marketing and event marketing and nonprofit marketing and B2B marketing and B2C marketing and state government marketing. And yes, there's such a thing. And no, you don't want to be involved in that. I've taken all that stuff and I went, okay, in a nutshell, it's kind of all the same. Understand your market, understand what you offer, connect some dots, figure out the channels to put A in front of B, measure and, and, and adjust. Employer brand is the only kind of marketing where that is not quite true. Because in every other kind of marketing, in every other kind of business, more is always better, right? You want more leads, you want more share of voice, share of wallet, shelf space, uh, impressions, video plays, because it all leads to more sales, because more sales is what it's all about. And God bless you, I love that. Employer branding is the only place in which more is worse, right? You sell a million ice cream cones, congratulations, your employee of the month. Gary, there you go. Collect that bonus. There's a picture with your, you know, employee of the month right there in the lobby. Assuming we have lobbies these days. But if you get a hundred or a million people to apply, you're getting fired. Yeah. Right? The goal is quality, not quantity. Now, of course, when I say that, everybody gets all freaked out about, it. no, I sell quality stuff. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you don't sell quality. I'm saying in the end, more is always better for you. For me, more is almost never better. It's always about the ultimate platonic ideal for what I do is how do I get that perfect candidate, that one person, wherever they live in the world, whatever it is they do, that one, if they got the right traits, they got the right skills, they got the right experience, they've got the right attributes, they've got the right mindset, whatever the heck it is you're looking for, that one right person applies and everybody else goes, no, I'm not, I don't understand, thanks. Because everything after that is wasted energy. So that's the place where employer brand is so weird. And I love it. I don't know if you can tell, like, I don't know if my passion comes through at all. 
Just a little bit, just, just a little a, bit. Just a smidge, just a smidge. People going, oh God, this yank, what is he doing? Um, he's just did too much coffee for this guy. That's why I love it is because it's the only place where all of marketing has kind of been sorted. It feels like in a lot of levels, you're just kind of, you're, you're, you're fiddling with the dials and employer brand were reinventing a whole thing saying, okay, if quality is more important than quantity, oh, wow, we have rewritten everything and we got to figure it all up from the ground floor. So that's why I love it. And that's what I do. Yeah, perfect. So there's there's two things already that I'm like, I really want to pick up and, and dive into. And I'm kind of thinking, which which way do we do it? But first of all, let's employer branding. It's like, so I was talking to someone a few days ago and we've been planning to do this episode for ages. And I, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago, um, you know, one, one of those one of those people in the world that I kind of like, I have a bit, you know, they're on a pedestal for me within the, the world of entrepreneurship. I got a couple um, of those myself, no question. Yeah, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, you're kind of like you're all gooey eyed and the rest of it. And um, they asked what I did and I said, and they, they dug into that. And I talked about, you know, you know, I, I talked to people about recruitment marketing as a bit of employer branding. And then they went, oh, employer branding, that's really new. That's That's something that's up and coming. I'm like, it's not fucking new. It's been around for years and years and years. It's just people are only just working out what it is. Yeah. So it started in 1990, 1991, Simon Burroughs in your neck of the woods, not mine. Um, and it became, it was just an extension of brand thinking, like in the same way that you decide, how do you make sure people buy these fish sticks in a grocery store? How do you say, how do you take those same thoughts and applications and apply it to, how do you get people to apply? And honestly, just that moment, that kind of light bulb moment was a huge leap forward for all of recruiting, Because, which let's be fair, recruiting is a mess. It is a nightmare that which literally, there is not one single person in that entire process who goes, this is working great. Not the hiring manager, not the candidate, not the recruiter, not the sourcer, not the leader. Nobody likes this process. And yet here we are stuck with it. And employer brand was kind of that first moment of, there might be something better. There might be, we don't have to be stuck in this rut. We can try something different. And it kind of cracked it open. That said, the history of employer brand is the UK really kind of nailed it and structured it, but they structured it very much like fish sticks. They've structured it, structured it like fish, I guess, fish fingers to y'all. Um, I'm trying to be very aware of the, of the geographical <laughs> differences here, uh, which I guess fish sticks and fish fingers make no sense, but they make no sense in the exact same way. So what the heck? Let's go. For yeah, it. go for it. Um, but it's that codified structure way of approaching it, which was like a great leap forward. But then you immediately stopped and plateaued because you said, "Oh, we just take those things and we apply it to these things." Great. You kind of just make the license plates. And what happened was, in my opinion, and I have, feel free to quibble, is that you guys took a huge leap forward. In the, in the U.S., we said, the answer is ads. Let's make as much ads as humanly possible. Let's spam the living bejesus at everything that moves. You want a job. Do you want a job? We're hiring. We're hiring. We're great opportunity. We're a great place to work. We're hiring. Here's an ad. Here's an ad. Here's an ad. And we kind of what did this. And over the last 10 years, we've done this, where it feels like some of the best employer branding is coming out of the US, but some of the best recruitment marketing is coming out of EMEA. So it's very interesting how we've kind of traveled this journey to learn about it. But is it new? Not at all. But getting good at it where it's like, it's not just throw ads on a wall and worry about what people say about you on Twitter. It, real intellectual thinking. Like imagine that moment in, you know, early in the 20th century when we said, okay, putting an ad in the newspaper is good, but what you say in that ad is interesting and how you position that ad, and why people buy the Sears and Roebuck catalog or why they do this thing. All, they were really kind of blazing a trail. We're back to that model now. We're going, okay, we understand kind of the structure of what this is. What do we do with it? How do we make it work? And I think what's to me, and obviously I can't answer a question in a, in a short kind of concise way. And I almost apologize, but then I don't. 
And I just take these weird and random tracks and I come right back because I almost am completely crazy, except I am, but I'm not, but I am. And so what happened was, is that we're still figuring out how to take it to the next level. Because to me, employer branding is like, it's a, it, it's a kind of therapy. When you do it really well, it's not just about, oh, people, great people apply. Because it's really saying, what's the company all about? Deep down in its DNA, what's it all about? Why is it there? What's it trying to do? What's it trying to achieve? How does it do it? All that stuff, call it values, call it culture, call it whatever the hell you want to call it. It doesn't matter. The guts of what that company is all about, the change it's trying to make in the universe is expressed just to a complete stranger. Why do you want to be a part of this? And that's what employer branding is. And to me, you get employer branding right, you're actually it's changing the, the face of the company in a way that other branders just may not be able to do. Yeah. And, and, and I think this, this is the thing it's, you know, I wanted to talk about like, you know, how do we set standards? How do we create credibility? But there's, you know, what, what you've just said there, I think there is, we have so many examples of what employer branding isn't, mm. what it shouldn't be, yes. and very few of what it should be. Very yeah. few of like, this is what good looks like. Because and I it's think- hard to define good. Yeah. Like, look, let, 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 let's, go, let's get away out of employer bringing in my line of work. When you see an ad for chocolate bars, like the, the, the best ad for your side of the fence is um, that Phil Collins Gorilla Drummond the ad, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid ad that I just can't stop watching for some reason. And I'm not the only one. You go to YouTube, it's got millions of views. It's a good ad, but why? What is it doing? And that thought of, right, that was kind of, a, you know, that you were talking in the 90s, you're talking the shift of, it's not just about bang the drum on the feature. It's about how does that feature make you feel? How do we create emotion in our target audience? That kind of shift in thinking was radical. It's crazy. And you still get marketers these days who go feature, 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 feature. And you're like, yeah, that, that doesn't work anymore. Sorry. Employer brands kind of going through the same thing where it's like, okay, what is good? We're trying to crack into this world of, is it about emotions? Is it about the, the value proposition? I put bunny ears on that because we still haven't defined what that is, frankly. Yeah. Uh, you ask any 10 employer branders what an EVP means and you're going to get 12 different answers. It's really quite brutal. Um, there is no good because then the other part of it is to whom is it good? Like to me, my the two favorite employer brands are Spotify because the creative is great. They've got a deep, they've got a metaphor that runs through every aspect yeah. of what they do. This idea of a, we're a band and they extend that metaphor way past its cell date. And it's amazing. They really kind of, they I mean, it is, they, it's in ed, like the dialogue they everything. use, everything is there. Truly amazing. And then because I like to be contrarian, I don't know if you noticed that, is I mean, my second favorite brand is Delta. And you're like, Delta, the airline? Like, yeah, because it's incredibly boring. But my God, every time I see an ad for Delta, I go, is that a consumer ad? Is that an internal comms ad? Is that an employer brand ad? Is that an investor relations ad? And I can't tell the difference. And you know what? That's glorious. That's amazing. That's saying employer brand isn't this thing over here. It's part of the core brand. It is only one brand. And they've really integrated employer brand thinking into everything they do because they've integrated the brand. Is it flashy? No, it's really kind of straightforward in what its approach is, but its ability, and that's the genius of it, to say that's good, but Spotify is also good. Everybody looks at Spotify and goes, splashy, flashy visuals, that must be a good brand. No, sometimes your brand is kind of straightforward and direct and honest and simple because it's telling a very particular story, but the value of it, the, what makes it great is how incredibly deep it goes, that it's not just mm. the, 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 the paint you put on the wall, 
It's the building. That's that's a great brand too. They're both great, but for different reasons. So yeah, you're right. We still don't know what great looks like. No, it, you know, it's to pick again to pick. I'm going to throw my notes out the window in a minute. But oh yeah, I'm it's done. you know, it's it's cool. But the, the commercial things are really, really interesting as well because I think we're it's drummed into us that you have, and especially now you 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 have a product brand mm-hmm. or product or service brand, and you have a personal brand. Mm-hmm. And then like nobody talks about anything else, yep. you know, and, and actually right now we've got this employer brands thing as well. And we've, we've got to make sure everything we do, we're, we're hitting all bases all of the time. Yeah. And I think that when, you know, the bigger organizations we have contact with that are looking at building their teams and they're looking at employer brand as something to invest in, mm-hmm. there's this like battle yeah. all the time between yeah. the commercial arm and the, the, the talent acquisition teams. And, and they, they should be fighting. They are the same. They are simply the left arm and the right arm of the same organism. And they should figure the best brands are ones where the employer brand when done well and appropriate supports the consumer brand, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why I want to buy Patagonia jacket is because the people who make them are dedicated to the environment. By the way, I'm not, a, I'm not one of those, but if I were, that's where I'd want to be. And that creates sales and that sales creates profit, which allows them to make smarter decisions and better decisions and more kind of emotional decisions about what they stand for, which thus reinforces the employer brand. It goes back and forth and back and forth. And they're supporting each other in ways that individually they never could. Right. No matter how good each separate part of it is, it's only half a stool. You need to kind of glue them together to create that structure and, and, and presence. So if you are in the position of, you know, you're the, whether you're talent acquisition, internal recruitment, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, what, what what's the how do you position this? Like, how do you go to that? marketing director, whatever, and go, yeah. OK, this is what we need to do. And these are the commercial benefits. There needs to be some sort of Yalta meeting, right? There needs to be a, you know, a coming together of that side of the war and that side of the war have to come together on a boat and they have to get drunk and they have to talk it out because they are coming from two very different worlds, ways of looking at the world, kind of their metrics, the way they justify and value success, the way they talk about things. They're so radically different. I don't think we really kind of give enough credit to that. Not that one is right and one is wrong. They're both great at what they do. And and frankly, the better they are at what they do, the harder it is for them to come together. They specialize so much in that thing. They don't know how to see the other side of it. Employer brand is in a weird spot where it should know how to talk to both audiences equally. In fact, if you look at most employer branders, half of them are recruiters who go, I'm really interested in marketing. And half of them are marketers who go, there's got to be something different here. And they are all kind of like, the joke of course is all employer branders are either failed marketers or failed recruiters. And that's being mean. And I am not saying it's wrong anyway. um, But you have to learn how to speak both languages because if you think about how marketing approaches it is, okay, what's the value we have to offer? Why does it, why does a person want to care about that product? That's the way they should be approaching things. But the truth is they're looking again at more. How do we create the share? How do we want everyone to work for us? And a recruiter says, I swear to God, if you get everyone to want to work for us, I'm going to jump across this table and murder you because I'm so busy screening resumes right now. My eyes are going to bleed. Don't you dare. And consequently, no one gets anywhere. And so you get a lot of pablum. You get a lot of bull. You get a lot of we're a great place to work. You get a lot of kind of the junk of, look, just say something positive. That's the other kind of part of it. When you're in marketing, have you ever seen a negative ad? 
Everything's about this product's great. This feature's great. This is how you get it. Time, you know, time's running out. You got to, it's all driving, take action right now. Good employer branding says, here are the positive things. By the way, it's not all sunshine and roses. It's not all puppy piles and, 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 and kitten licks. It's, this is the book. It's a job. We're paying you because it's not necessarily fun every day. And whether it's paperwork or dealing with other people or whatever the hell it is, there's a part of it that this job is you're not going to like. And so you have, in fact, people say, oh, you don't want to be negative. I said, no, no, no. The negative proves the positive. If I tell you, here's four amazing things about this iPhone and I talk about them, talk about you go, great. Yeah, yeah, I heard iPhone's good. I said, but it doesn't do this. And the second I say, but it doesn't do this or it does this thing badly. It makes the other four positive things sound more real and authentic and honest. You go, okay, now I'm making a real decision, iPhone or not an iPhone or this other thing. Knowing both sides is, is makes, it makes it more easy to make a decision. And frankly, as people are making life-changing decisions, which is what job changes are, thank you for asking, they need to see both sides. And if you don't give them both sides, they think you're lying, which you are, uh, you need to tell them the full truth. And if they don't get it from you, either they will, one, go the hell away and never talk to you again, or two, go on Glassdoor or Blind or some other platform you are terrified that they go to and get the negative side. Like that, those platforms are there to get the other side because recruiters only give the positive. So consequently, these two audiences, marketing and recruiting, talk different languages, see different things. Their candidates work in different ways. They have different motivations. The, you know, the, the timelines for how they sell things are radically different. They need to come to the table and just say, these are the audiences we're trying to do. And honestly, the more recruiters can kind of understand how marketers think in terms of this is a journey, this is the mindset, this is what the stages they're in, these are the questions they're asking at these stages, right? Things that marketers either learned really early or kind of, in, you know, it's subconscious. They, they don't even realize they know it anymore. That's the stuff that they need to bring to the table. And the marketers need to say, okay, how do you measure that? How do you, how do you kind of figure out what you want? How, you know, it, for them, it's a challenge because instead of saying, how do I get a million people to apply? How do I get that one perfect person to apply? If they're good at what they do, they should go, this is a really interesting challenge. How do we figure this out? And if they're bad at what they do, they go, this is stupid. Just buy more ads and they walk away and you're done. So that's kind of how that process has to work. Otherwise you end up with the junk. You, what, what is lovingly referred to in my industry as employer blanding, which is not wrong at all. Uh, it is very accurate and painful some days, but true. Yeah, I think it, there's a reframe that is is required where it's we're not talking about the negative stuff. We're talking about we're, we're going to be positive and we're also going to offer transparency. Yes. And I think it is that when I see things and I think they are working, it's when we've got that element of transparency, which is, I think, if, if I just take that as something on its own, it kind of... There's loads of opportunity coming in the form of employer branding using social platforms, things like, yeah. you know, TikTok ads, that kind of stuff, especially for early recruitment at, at the minute and like that grad recruitment. Yeah. There's there's so, so many opportunities available to do some fantastic stuff. And I think there are going to be a lot of old school marketers that are kind of going, oh, no, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're so locked into this perfect polished gem of an idea, this perfect polished gem of, of a commercial, right? Like if you do the math on a commercial, you figure 24 frames a second, 30 seconds commercial, you're talking about a couple hundred perfect photos. And since you can Photoshop everything within an inch of its life, there isn't a pixel on a commercial that someone hasn't said, yes, I like that that way, right? There is no accidents. There are no accidents on a commercial. On a TikTok, on an Instagram story, 
on anything ephemeral and fuzzy like that, it's all accidents. And consequently, it feels more real because it kind of is. I mean, yeah, you can do that weird trick where you take the hoodie off and you throw it across the room and you suddenly appear in that part. There's tricks. Everybody knows there's tricks. Everybody knows there's filters. No one thinks those faces look like that. No one thinks those bodies look like that. But there's so much other stuff around the edges that makes it feel real. Right. You, you know, with a com- commercial, there's nothing around the edges. It's a perfect polished frame in the, the other channels. There's so much more ancillary information that's coming through that lets people make those decisions because that's the trick. It's not about I want to be the most important or the biggest, most well-known employer brand, because ultimately, unless your name is Amazon, you're not hiring 100,000 people this year. You're hiring 10. You're hiring a thousand, right? Do the math. If you have a, if you're hiring a thousand people this year and you really only need 10 good candidates for each application, right? For every rec, that's 10,000 people. Think of your geography. How far away do you have to go to get to 10,000 people? Not that many. It is a very tight audience. And frankly, doing it by, you know, 10 is way too much. It should be three, but you don't have to reach everybody. You have to be famous to just that tight little audience, right? What's that line? Um, you know, Andy Warhol said in the future, everybody will be famous for 15 minutes, but on the, the but the corollary to that is on the internet, everybody will be famous to 15 people. That's the kind of thinking that we have to apply. It's like, look, you don't need to be world famous. You don't have to put amazing videos that show up on commercials on the Super Bowl. You just have to be amongst I don't know, search and recommendation data scientists known as a great place to work. Why? Because you're a company that cares about search and data, search and recommendations, data scientists, right? That's what you care about. Do you care about waiters and waitresses? No. And consequently, if you're a restaurant, you don't care about data scientists. And that's great. Knowing your audience and knowing what you care about, tightening that message, that's where the real value comes in. But that's that allows for that transparency. It allows for that authenticity to say, let the edges show, let the, let the fingerprints show on the work, see the kind of the details of, okay, we let this thing slide. That tells as much of a story as what is the narrative and the thing this, the person in front of the camera say. So I, my belief is that everyone thinks about employer branding too late. They think about employer branding when they've had all the applicants come through for that vacancy and they're going, we're not getting the right people. Yeah. You know, so if this, you know, if you're if you're in a business and you're thinking, right, we know because of our business plans, we're, we're going to have a, an aggressive growth strategy over the next few years, before you even start putting those job descriptions together, before you, you even kind of pick up the phone to a recruiter or even bring a recruiter into your business, yeah. where, where do people start with employer branding? That is a great question. And there's not a answer. There's not an answer for it. Like there's a couple of ways to look at it. Like. I've had this kind of running conversation in the back of my head for about six months now. What is the smallest size business that should consider investing in employer brand? And every day I come up with different answers. And sometimes it's 300 people, and some days it's 1,000 people, and some days it's 12, right? It just kind of fluctuates depending on the situation. So there's no probably no good answer to that. What stage do you bring it in? Well, okay. Employer brand isn't kind of a product or a process. You go, plunk, there it is. Or you don't, you don't buy employer brand and take it off the shelf and say, here's your employer brand. If you do, you've done something horrible and you should ask for your money back. What an employer brand really is is a mindset. It's saying, okay, if I'm a candidate and I'm looking at this business, what other businesses am I looking at? What are my options? And for different roles, those are going to be different options, right? For the for the person who works the front desk, there's a wider array of options for then the person who's working, who's the director of data science. Why I'm stuck on data science? I don't know. Different kind of audience, different sets of opportunities. Okay, well, once you understand, and now you put your marketing hat on, once you understand the opportunity set, why choose this product over that product, right? Just think it through that way. Why choose that detergent over that detergent? When effectively those two detergents 
are the same. Okay, what do you do? Okay, we have to make the bottle a different color. Okay, great. We have to give it a different name. Great. We have to come up with a different tagline. You got to find different motivations for it. That's kind of where you start. But that's all theoretical, conceptual, abstract stuff in your brain. Now what? Okay, you've understand that the reason why someone should choose your business is ba 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 ba. Now what? How do you put that in the job posting? How do you put that in the career site? How do you put that on the the label of the box that you ship to all your customers? What you know? What are the different touch points? What are the different ways you can start to plant that seed of? If I want people to see our business as blank, innovative, opportunity, stable, static, trustworthy, blah 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 blah. Pick it. I don't care. If you want them to see that, that means you have to start telling that story, but you can't just tell it once. And every good marketer knows you can't tell a story once and assume anybody heard it at all, let alone believed it. You have to tell it over and over again. Now, in consumer marketing, because you have you buy ads by the truckload, you can just say, I'm going to hit them 17 times in the next week. Eventually, they'll get it. In employer branding and recruitment marketing, you have to say, what are all the different places they could see this brand and feel this message and understand and start to absorb some of these ideas? Yeah, it's on the job posting. Yeah, it's on the career site. Yeah, it's on the video we make. Yeah, it's on our social channels. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's everywhere. It's the way the recruiter reaches out to someone. It's the automated email that says, thanks for applying. Heck, it's even the automated email that says, thanks for applying. Guess what? You aren't going forward. Thanks so much for calling. It's been a lovely, you know, lovely getting to know you. It's all those things. I think of, if you think of an employer brand as a thing, what it is, it's a bird's nest. It's this idea that in your mind, you have a, a sense of, if I ask you, what's it like to work at Amazon? And I'm, I like to pick on Amazon because there's a robot in my kitchen that can hear me and it knows, it knows. So what's it like to work at Amazon? Don't answer the question, but you have a perception. Where'd that come from? Well, part of it's the robot you had. Part of it was the box you had. Part of it was the website. Part of it was, part of it was, part of it was, part of it was. It's all these 360 degree perspectives and touch points and experiences you had. They're in the news. Yay. Oh, wait, I read the news story. Ooh, you know, the, the CEO went to space. I'm going to go that way. Um, you know, it, it's the people are on strike. Boo, but they're getting better benefits. Yay. You have all these things and you build this perception of what it's like. Now, as a brander and as a marketer, you think, how do I change that perception? You can't simply say, change your perception. You can't kind of mandate mindset change. What you do is if it's a bird's nest, you say, how do I get a bird to change the way it builds its nest? You change the materials around it. The bird just builds from whatever it's laying around. So if you're sitting in, as I am, downtown Chicago, near downtown Chicago, it's going to have a lot of coffee stirs and a couple of cigarette butts and maybe little bits of plastic bag. We're getting better, I promise. We're, 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 we're cleaning that up. And if you say, how do I get the bird to not make that bird's nest? Well, you've got to get rid of the coffee stirs and the cigarette butts and little plastic bags and replace it with grass and twigs and straw. And consequently, the bird's nest changes. So employer branding is not so much about changing that thing. It's about understanding the ecosystem around which that perception was created and creating all the touch points. So as it slowly starts to seep into their mindset, they understand what what that company is supposed to be. They change their perception and then they take action. But that's a long journey, right? Understanding what you are, understanding your options, understanding, you know, doing an audit, under, understanding what you offer and why it matters, understanding the motivations you should be drawing, all the different ways you should put in that message, how you put a bow on that thing. It's a long journey. So you should, you could do it the right way and start at the beginning and kind of work your way forwards, or you do it like the way almost everybody else does it and kind of work your way backwards and say, crap, not enough people applied or the wrong people applied. Quick change the job posting, quick make a video and you get a little success. And you say, well, it's, if it's good, would more be better? And the answer is yes. Expand it, slowly grow it. So most people do it kind of backwards. 
but that's fine. However you get there is how you get there. There's no, there's no written way to make it happen. You start where you start and you do what you can do. What your pet hates. So there's something that's just popped into my mind as you were saying that, because there's, um, there's a brand I'm aware of and you know, they fell, they fell into that situation to, and they were like, we're going to do a load of videos. They picked people from the team that they were looking to grow and they've kind of got these people in their chairs, terrified, mm. not like, I, I believe everyone can be on video. Okay. Yeah. But, but it's, you've got Look to trust. Look at this face. <laughs> I, there's a face for radio. If ever there was one, come on. And yet but, here I am. <laughs> but I think it's like, you need to like warm, warm people up for get, you know, get yeah. some, some energy in them before you put them in front of that camera and yeah. give them a few runs so that their personality can shine through and don't put them in the hot seat. If they're clearly not going to be comfortable yeah. in the hot seat yeah. and all that. Yeah. Well, well, these employer brand videos are, someone in quite a technical role speaking. They look like hostage videos. Uh, yeah. Should be, you should be counting the blinks to see what the Morse code real message is. I, help, help me, call me recruiter. I want to get a different job, right? It's, it, they're terrifying. And, and I'm just like, you, you've tried so hard, but you've got it so wrong. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's hard when, you, when yeah. you are, dare I say it, creative and, you know, in marketing and mm-hmm. all, all this kind of thing. But so, yeah, what, what are the like, what are the pet hates without giving away any um, names that you shouldn't? No, I won't. Um, I have a lot of friends in the space and I have a lot of people who I'm like, "Mm," so I won't even get there. Uh, My biggest pet peeve is LinkedIn posts that say, join us or LinkedIn posts that I I refer to them as Yarbs or Yarbs, yet another recruiting post. It's the same post you can apply to any company. We're hiring, great opportunity, great place to work. It's not saying anything, but you didn't know what to say. My, 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 my real peeve about that is when really good employer brand people or people who are selling employer brand posts, and I go, do you not eat your own dog food? Do you not listen to what you tell people every day? This won't work. You know why? Look at your own decks. That will tell you. But that's just me. That's just how I work. From a video standpoint, I think it is, there's so many ways to go wrong. There's so many ways to do it wrong, whether it's technical, whether it's emotional, whether it's narrative. Um, and honestly, I have learned from some really, really smart people. So my, my friend, Elena Valentine over at Skill Scout, who if you haven't connected with her, please do. Um, they make, we're friends. So I'm going to go ahead and open the, the kimono a little bit. They don't even like to think about it as employer brand videos. They just call them people videos. That's really how they think. So let's talk, let's tell this person's story. But that story just happens to be while they're at work. And consequently, the people who are paying for those videos and creating it are in service of employer brand. But they don't think of it as how do I get them to say the hashtag? How do I kind of get them to this path? And what I've learned a lot is you, you always start with dumb questions. You always start with silly questions. You start with questions that kind of make them feel comfortable. My personal favorite is, you know, after you ask, you know, I, and anybody who's seen one of my videos in my day job, they, they know this trick. I ask them, okay, you ready? This is the hard question. This is the tough one. You're scaring them, right? You're getting nervous. What's your name and what do you do? And then they go, okay, all right. And then you start, they got, you got to laugh out of them. And you don't care yeah. if you use that footage, throw it away. Who cares? You give me, give me two more questions that get them, you know, kind of talking about stuff they care about. Tell me what people get wrong about your job. Tell me what people, what the misconceptions are. Oh, okay. And you get an emotional response. Suddenly they're kind of ramped up. They're getting comfortable with the camera. They're doing that thing. You throw them another one. My, my, my favorite, I haven't used it lately, but is what does your mom think you do all day? Oh God, don't get me started. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So tell me what you would tell a friend about this job. Record 
and you get them, but it's connected. You can't, but that's the thing is that we, okay, here, now here's the soapbox. You thought it had a soapbox before. Here we go. <laughs> the reason why I love employer brand, and there are legions of reasons, but the biggest one is that it's always challenging. I did an article with some friends of mine over Talent Brand Alliance where I said, what, and because I thought, what are the core competencies of an employer brander? And it's everything from content creation, and that means being a good writer, being able to make videos, thinking through that process, stakeholder management, journey management, it's narrative creation. It's, there's, we, we keep up with 16 core competencies. Any one of them is a full-time dedicated day job. No questions. And here we are going, we got 16 of these and we are expected to all do all of these. <laughs> oh crap. And that's the best part of being an employer brander because there's always something to learn. And I started as a good writer who could kind of tease ideas out. And I came to video so late. Oh, I was grumpy man digging his heels in the hole. I don't want to do video. Video is stupid. This is crap. And I, and I, I, that's all I do now. It's amazing. There's always stuff to learn. And the trick is every one of those competencies has a depth to them. Yes, you can record a video. Yes, you can throw it in iMovie and go chop, 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 chop. You can go ahead and buy some music and stick it on and call it a video. Or you can learn how to ask good questions. Or you could learn to say, can we take this on a phone? Can we go outside? Can we put your headphones on? Can we try this outside? Hey, can I get you to talk to somebody else? Hey, and being willing to kind of push boundaries and say, ultimately, this may not work, but blah, 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 blah. I, mean, I, I am guilty of sin. Either people in my day job who go, remember that video we recorded? When's that coming out? And saying, never. Oh, it was a horrible failure. Oh, I swung at that pitch so hard and it went, it went, oh, we got nowhere. It's crap footage. We'll get to you eventually, I promise. But you got to be willing to try to do things and say, okay, it might not work, but are you going to be willing to look at what you did and say, ooh, how would I have done that better? How could I have made that work? It was a good idea to try it. How do you get into that? And video to me is a great kind of microcosm of that thinking. It's so easy to just go buy a GoPro or go do one of these bad boys and just go record, done. But you can go so deep. There's some great videos out there, even, and, and we're all living in that world where we have to record from home, which means we don't have great equipment. We have webcams or we have phones and you know we've got limited resources. And let's be fair, half of us do not have very nice microphones, you know, like loudmouths such as I. Um, you know, they, they have what they have and you gotta go, how do we make this work? I've got amazing footage of people saying amazing things where I swear, here, let me do this. I'm recording them like this. It's like, yeah, dude, or, or up their nose. Oh yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad. Excuse me, I'm gonna. I can't be that short. Um, it's just like you're just looking at going. The message is amazing. The format is atrocious, and you go, "What can I do with that?" Okay, it didn't work, but what can you turn that into? It's like being a chef, and you say, "Look, I put those three ingredients together. It doesn't quite work." The answer isn't, "Is it a failure?" The question is. What do you add to it to make it better? There's the, I think it's Ray Charles who said, no, no, it's not Rachel. It's, it's Miles Davis who said, the note isn't wrong until you play the next note that's wrong. So if you play a note that you think is wrong, the next note makes it right. So what do you do with that failure? How do you say, what's a way to take, take that bad, that good idea that went bad and turn to something useful value down the road? That's the job, right? And take that to stakeholder management, take it to uh, job board management, take it to leadership, take any one of those 16 competencies, and probably we forgot some, every one of them has that kind of mentality to it. Take a swing, learn from it, figure out how to get deeper. The reason why I love doing what I'm doing is because all those competencies mean I'm never bored. The schizophrenic 
always blah, 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 but you've recently met. Hi, how you doing? It gets to stay busy. It gets stuff to think about and chew as, and you're never kind of done. You're always like, Ooh, how do I make that better? There's always a way to make it better. Absolutely. One of the, the big opportunities that are coming is the, the kind of the whole social audio element mm. that's coming through as well. Those people that don't want to be on video, but quite happy yeah. to have, have a conversation with other people across the world with, with no video in play whatsoever, yeah. no, no records. And it's, it's just natural conversation, you know? And, yeah. and I think it gives us so much opportunity. I know people are going to be terrified because what if someone says the wrong thing? What if what they if, swear? Oh, my stars and garters. Oh, my. You know, I'm like, honestly, we've st- we started doing a weekly live stream. Um, and it's like my team. We're on LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook. And we just get together for an hour every Thursday at 12. And it's been fantastic. Good and my, that was really well done. That was really I'm smart. very subtle. Very, very, very subtle. Yes. But it's like most of the time, it's completely unplanned. And yeah. we rock up five minutes before. And it's like, has everyone got something to talk about? Yeah, good. Let's go for it. And some weeks it says, anyone got, has everyone got something to talk about? No, I haven't got a clue. And they are the best episodes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's like, you know, we've been hiring recently and it's, it's, it's quite interesting, the people that apply and then they said, well, you know, go and check us out and, you know, go and look at this show because you'll get to see who the team are. Yeah. And then some of those people don't come through any further. Mm-hmm. Because they, they kind of, they, they see what the dynamic is and they, they see what they're going to be moving into and they kind of go, yeah. mm, not for yeah. me. There's a, I did some research back when I was at TMP, like eons ago, and because this was when content marketing was really starting to take hold in recruiting. And we said, look, our theory is more content helps people decide to apply. <clears throat> and we, I mean, the, the, the machinations of trying to get to pull the data to get to prove this was, was insane. Uh, Patrick Welch, if you're listening, thank you. Um, and he knows why. Uh, what we found actually, though, was it's not true. Can't, more content hurt, helps certain audiences and it hurts certain audiences. So, for example, if you're going to be a director of blah, 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 you don't want to just lean on what the job posting is. You go look at their career site. You look at the website. You look at the videos. You do, you do a deep dive. You're like, look, I'm, this, this, I'm really connected to this. I want to make sure it aligns. More content was great, right? The more they saw, the more they went, okay, I get what this place is. I want to be a part of it. For entry-level people, more content made them say, oh, it's like that. Oh, no. I mean, they were just, they were just hitting apply to hit apply. They're just like on she- law of sheer numbers, I'm going to get a job someplace. They just wanted a place. And the more you made it concrete, the more they went, oh, maybe not. So telling stories is supposed to push people away. Not everybody likes Shakespeare. That's fine. People who like Shakespeare like Shakespeare, and that's great. But people who don't find something else to like. That's what it's supposed to be. There is no universal place where everybody loves working here. It doesn't work that way. It's about where do I fit? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, you, you kind of touched on it earlier when you were, you know, the people that get the email to say, you know, sorry, not this time. Mm-hmm. Actually, that continual nurturing, some people are going to fall away. Yeah. You know, and, and this is at all levels, you know, they're, they're, they're going to fall away, but then you're left with the gold. But the... The, the, the funny thing is, and I think recruiters don't want to come to terms with this because it's scary. There is no other industry, there's no other job, no other kind of marketing in the world where you think, I'm going to get 100 people to say I want to buy and turn away 99% of them. That is to say, I'm going to piss off 99% of my potential buyers to get the one. And then you wonder why you can't get those people to come back. 
Uh, maybe you just said you begged them to apply. You begged them to show up to an interview. You begged them to do this thing and they did. And then you said, yeah, you're not good enough for me. Get out. <laughs> oh, guess what? I might be a little hurt by that. I might want to flip you off and I might leave. Where else does that happen? So yeah, how do you kind of say, look, the journey is going to stop here for the moment. Maybe it's this way. And I, there's so many different ways to work around it. I've seen companies actually clumps of companies band together that are, they have non-competition agreements. They say, look, you're not right for us, but maybe you'd be right for them. And you actually get a referral to another company. Why Why not? When you go, well, God, I don't want to give the good ta- people away. You didn't want wait, them. Wait, 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 wait. You mean people actually collaborate? I know it's weird. It's crazy, especially at that. And that's the thing is that we, these are obvious things, but because we, the, the concept of you must write your entire life, business life story in a two-page, you know, single-sided document that will be filled with 90% lies, but all good lies, all positive lies. And I, as a recruiter, must tell you you're a liar and try to look around it. And you, as a candidate, peek around it. And it's all very confrontational. And I'm going to accuse you. Do you really speak Spanish? And do you really tell me? And I'm going to go call some references and I'm going to see if they're full of crap. And hey, we love you. Want to be part of the family? (sighs) What? That is supposed to be the norm. Explain that to me. It's impossible. So the more we start to say, look, these are assumptions that were true from 50 years ago. Maybe they're not so true anymore. The more we say, maybe collaboration makes sense. Maybe building pipelines of candidates makes sense. Maybe building relationships makes sense. There's other ways of doing this. We just haven't gotten to. We just haven't. We've just been so locked in on how do we optimize against this one process, which is broken, but whatever, that we can't see these other options. And that's kind honestly. So not to put too fine a point on it, employer branding is supposed to be the one that says, have you thought about this? Have you? Because you're injecting this new way of thinking into a fairly structured and modeled process called recruiting and saying, does it have to be that way? Do you have to be a total jerk when you send that form letter to say thanks, but no thanks? Could you maybe send them a gift? Like just, hey, here's a subscription to this thing. Why not? And employer brand mentality says, how do I rethink this process? How do I add? How do I add little elements? How, what can I take away? What's unnecessary? It's the fresh thinking to recruiting mm-hmm. that recruiting has been desperate for forever. That's the job. And so you know, it's another reason why this job is so hard is because you're kind of build, looking at this concrete bunker and saying, how do I deconstruct it in a way that the people living in it make sense? It can make still get their jobs done. So I'm not disrupting everything, but I build it into something better for everybody. It's really hard, but that's why it's fun. You get to really make a change. You can actually see the changes you make. Not quite, maybe not every day, some days. Some days it feels like pushing a rock up a hill, but there are days when you're like, whoa, look at what we just changed this whole way of looking at the world. That's that's why I get into this. Awesome, awesome. I'm, you know, I could literally, I could just keep poking with you, poking you with a stick all day long and, and like listening to you go again. So one last question, one last question. There is, I mean, I, like I said, I, 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 the fact that so many people outside of recruitment now are kind of turning on to this whole employer branding thing. And like I said, they think it's a new thing. It isn't for us. Social audio, TikTok advertising, there's so much coming in the future. So what's the thing that you are most excited about in terms of the future of EB? That's a, that's, that's a tough one. Look, I, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask because I'm not, well, I love technology and I'm not afraid of it. Like I kind of sort of know how to code HTML web pages and stuff like that. Like, I don't think any of what we do is technology based. 
I am completely technology agnostic. I really believe you can build a strong employer brand using sidewalk chalk, right? You just go, oh, who am I trying to talk to? Oh, it turns out there's a conference over there. Are they all meet at that coffee house? Great. The morning before, I'm going to write my message in sidewalk chalk, but I have to write something interesting and clever and eye-catching and something makes people stop and go, huh, what's that? And then there's a URL at the bottom, or maybe I can be really good and do a, a code QR code in chalk. I'm probably not that good. But- if the goal is to figure out who is my audience, how do I get my message in front of them? The answer is not always, how do I spend more money on Indeed? How do I spend more money on LinkedIn? How do I spend more? What's the new channel? What's the new thing? I'm not the guy who cares about that. I'm the guy who says, every situation is different. Every challenge is different. If you understand the, palette, the colors in your palette, the more colors you have, the better. But if you understand the challenge and you understand what those colors do, you pick and choose as you go. So to me, it's not like, what's the next thing? There is no next thing because there's always more things. It's just more stuff, right? AI, going to be interesting soon, but not today. Uh, you know, Clubhouse, really interesting. Its growth seems to have kind of fallen off. People are starting to figure out what the heck is it? How do I? It was cool and now it's not so cool. So where is it now? Twitter kind of fell off the map. Like there's so much stuff that's just like, uh, okay, these are tactics and colors. Paint what you got to paint. To me, the interesting part is how do you say something interesting? And then how do you connect that to an interesting way to say that thing to your audience and what you want to care about? So much what should we do is, is, is deeply unsexy. It is boring videos, but honestly, a good boring video, if it's useful, it's interesting and it tells me a story. That's a great video, right? We were so... I was talking to somebody over at LinkedIn. I'm not going to name names. They were looking at my videos. They go, these are too long. They should not be more than a minute, minute and a half. And some of your videos are four whole minutes long. I said, yeah, but if I get someone to watch all four minutes, they're going to show up. I'm not here to make a snackable piece of content that everybody likes. I'm here to, to write a book. And if you get to the end of the book, you go, holy crap, I want to read the next book. You're in. I'm done. That's the goal. So if you have good strategies, if you have good ways of thinking, all those things, all the tactics, even the old, old, old tactics can be rethought and renewed every single day if you kind of have that mindset of who am I trying to reach and what am I trying to tell them? Not a great answer, I know. It's good. It's perfect. Perfect. So I'm going to wrap up there. Before I do, I was thinking, like, how do I, how do I wrap it up? Do I talk about the newsletter? Do I talk about the podcast? Do I talk about the book? And then I realized it was actually books. So you wrap up. Okay. I got a lot of stuff. I get that. I'm a loud mouth. As you, if you haven't after 45 minutes, figured that out. What are you listening to? Cause it's not this guy. Uh, yeah, I'm a total loud mouth and I, I, I'm, I'm, I've embraced it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, you will not be, you will be surprised here. I'm a total introvert. And after I do this, I'm going to go put my headphones on and put music on and not talk to a single human being for like two hours. That's, that's like, that's like everyone that has a podcast though. Yeah. We're all incapable of talking face to face. Yes, exactly. We can't let's, hold conversations let's, let's unless put it's. Put in these boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So loud mouth, being a loud mouth aside, right now, most of my energy is focused on the newsletter. We've been going for about two years now. Um, it's the biggest employer brand newsletter. It's called Employer Brand Headlines. I think if you Google it, it's really easy to find. If you go to employerbrand.news, you can find the sign up. Um, we, it's free. It's every Monday. It's just here are news stories about what's going on. And I try to focus on non-employer brand stories. I try to find outside and go, hey, look, this is what marketing is doing and try to reformat or recontextualize them in such you go, oh, if you're an employer brand and you came from the marketing side of the world and you don't go and look at marketing ads or brand week or whatever, 
here's what's happening over there. Here's how it could apply to you. So I try to kind of think of it through that way. And then I try to, I usually have some blah, blah, blah towards the top, uh, but it's free. It's every Monday, employerbrand.news. It's called employer brand headlines. That's honestly the best way to, to connect with me because it's a regular thing. It's honestly, it's forced me to keep pushing myself. And that to me, it's honestly, if nobody subscribes, what do I care? I do it to say, there's this idea that I've had in my head at some point, it's going to metastasize and I need to turn it into something real. And I need to put it in front of people to say, am I freaking nuts? And I send it out and people go, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. And I go, okay, maybe I'm not nuts. I mean, I am, but maybe that, maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's, maybe that's interesting. And sometimes people go back and they argue with me or they bring in, that's great because that's forcing me to think and keep, it's not about, again, it's not about how do I take the thing and play with the you know knobs and play with the settings. It's about how do I rethink this thing that we're doing? How do we think it better? That's all it is. So if you're interested in employer branding, I would just highly recommend employer brand news uh, headlines. That's where I live. And then from there, I don't know, if you like the book, it's employerbrandbook.com, whatever, blah, 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 blah. There you go. I don't know. Awesome. James, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. I've oh, no. um, met Pleasure's a lot. Online. Pleasure's over here. Bless you. I've, you know, I've met so many people talking on the subject and you, by like, like people will see the video um, and they'll see this massive smile on my face. And it's like, you're, you're just the most passionate, most entertaining person on the subject. Okay. I've met in however many years it is I've been I doing this now. So I, I know, clown, right? I got clown somewhere. I could probably make that work, but well, maybe next time. We'll do the next time. Next time. Awesome. Christina, thanks so much for having me on. This has been a blast. Mm-hmm.